As we continue on in, in, in the next couple of weeks, the next few weeks, we're going to be wrapping up our transformation series. We're talking about the transformed life. But today we want to focus on your strength in your transformation. Now, if anybody in here has ever gone on a diet before, if anybody ever gone on a diet and you realize there's certain things in your diet you need to take out of, out of them, and your body begins to adjust. If you're like me and you consume a lot of sugar, when you start cutting that sugar out, then all of a sudden you realize I'm not quite as strong as I used to be. Or whatever it is you may be doing, you're not just quite as strong. So we want to talk about your strength on the day because it comes down to an individual choice and individual decision. Now on this past Sunday, when we were doing the Bible study talking about or talking in the principles and the power of vision, there were some specific things that Lord just continued to resonate in me uh, throughout the rest of the week up until now. Now, when it comes to the choice to walk with Jesus Christ, it's not a simple and an easy decision. For those that have been married, when the man proposed to the wife, hopefully, when the man proposed to the wife, she may have been a little apprehensive, like, am I really ready to make this step? Am I really ready to commit my life to be with this person, to make these vows and know that I have to carry them out? And honestly, Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to me. But was I really ready to make that decision? Did I weigh all the odds before I did it? But many will struggle along the way, and it will cause some people to turn away and go back to the way that they came from. But in 2 Peter chapter 2, he says, it would have been better for them not, and I don't have this on the screen, but it says, it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than to know it and to turn your back. It's better to never establish a relationship with Jesus Christ than to make it and then say, Lord, no, I don't want you. You're not what I'm looking for. You're not what I need. I don't like this thing. But the Bible says if you're not willing to commit to the vow, don't make the vow. But God understands that you're going to have difficulties in making this response. But he also knows that it's not impossible. Amen. God knows that this walk that we take is not an impossible. It's going to be difficult. It's going to have challenges, but it is not impossible. We as believers have to ensure that when we're talking about our strength, our strength, my strength, that I'm not ever trying to play God. It is not my role. It's not your role at any time to try to play God. Some decisions we can't make on our own. It's hard to see someone who has committed a heinous crime and say, oh, I put them in the electric chair. Oh, they deserve to die. That's a hard decision to make. At least it is for me. Because no matter how bad the crime was, it's still a soul. It is still a soul attached to that crime. Amen? But we, in our strength, have to decide that there are people in our lives. And some people belong in our lives, and some people don't. Some people belong in our lives, and some people don't. 
And when they're in our lives, we have to realize that each person in our life has a specific place. Everybody is not your friend that's in your life. Everybody who's in your life is not your friend. That doesn't mean they can't be a colleague, an associate, however you title them. But everyone is not your friend just because you know them. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I think I might have friends on Facebook. But all of them are not my friends. And I'm not all of their friends. I don't hate them. If you're my friend, I like something about you. I'm not, I don't have friends on Facebook just to say, oh, I've got 2,000 friends on Facebook. It's something about you that says, okay, I'll be their friend. But there was a time when, in the early days of the Bible, that when men walked the earth in Genesis, it says that every inclination and the thoughts of the human heart was evil at that time. Every inclination. Do you know the hearts and the thoughts of the people that are around you? People that say they're your friends? Do you know how they think all the time? Are they always thinking about you? What's best for you? Are they willing to step back and step aside and put you first? So when those around you don't acknowledge God, they don't follow what your passion is, and they don't support your goals, what then? The people that are around you, when they don't, first of all, they don't acknowledge God. They don't support your dreams and your passions. And when you tell them about what you're going to do, and they tell you, oh, nothing but the negativity. Oh, that's not going to work. You can't do it. When you realize that in, that in those people or that person, then the question is, where is your strength? They don't believe in what you believe in. And, and even if you say, hey, I want to open up this summer, I'm going to open up a popsicle stand. I want to open up a lemonade stand just to join people in the community together. Man, that's crazy. All these diseases and people walking around this. Somebody going to rob you and steal your money. So then what do you do? You know this is just something you want to do. You want to go to the nursing home. I saw a video this week. This little boy, six years old, goes into the nursing home and passes out flowers and hugs to elderly people. A six-year-old boy. But if someone doesn't support what you want to do, where is your strength? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7. The faith chapter, we commonly call it. It says, by faith, Noah, when warned about things not seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. When he was warned about things he hadn't seen, and I want to focus on that first part, in holy fear, it seems like an oxymoron, holy fear, but he reverenced God enough. He built an ark to save his family. He used the strength God gave him to do the right thing. He did what he had to do. In Genesis also chapter 6, and I'm not going to read all of this, or it's not on the screen, but God gave Noah some specific instructions about what he had to do. He says, I need you to build an ark. This ark is going to be 300 cubits long, 50 cubits wide, 30 cubits high. How tall is that? It equates to 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 30 feet or 45 feet tall. It was a huge boat. 
the largest boat ever built up until the 1800s. Then he told him, I want you to put a hole in it. And that way you're able, after it starts raining and the rain subsides, you're able to open up and look outside. He told him, I want you to take and pitch it or put pitch on it, which was uh, a petroleum product. He said, I want you to put it on the inside and put it on the outside so that when it rained, it wouldn't seep inside. And the Bible tells us in in Genesis chapter 6, verse 22, he says, Noah did everything just as God commanded. Are we doing everything just as God commanded? And the amazing thing was when I did the research on this, John D. Rockefeller read the Bible and saw this part in here where it told him to put the pitch on the ark. And he's like, pitch, that's got to be petroleum, meaning oil. So what did he do? He traced it out and he went over there and started digging for oil and found oil. Because he read the Bible and saw what God said. He used the word of God and found something and became a rich man. Amen? Amen. So I want to ask you this. Noah, because of the evil, as the Bible says in, um, uh, excuse me, in six, Genesis chapter 6 verse, verse 5, it says every inclination of the hearts of humans was evil all the time. So when you, you see things around you that are not lining up with the word of God and people don't want to follow your passion, your dream, and support you in what you're doing, I want to ask you this question. Have you started your ark? Have you started your ark? When you see people don't support you, and you know that there is demise, that there is going to be a downfall in their life, there has to be a separation. So have you started your ark? Y'all are looking at me. Do you know what I mean by that? Have you started your ark? Noah built this ark because he was given specific instructions by God exactly how long to make it, how wide to make it, how tall to make it. God is giving us specific instructions. This is how long I need you to do this. When I tell you how long to do it, then you keep doing it. Well, Lord, I'm not seeing any results. Keep building until I tell you to stop. Who wants to come into your life? Oh, Lord, you know, I just met this great person. God's saying, no, they're not fitting. But they don't belong in your ark. Because I'm going to make it rain and they don't belong on your ark. We have to decide who belongs on our ark. Now, and I've, I remember seeing a movie years ago as, I, as a young child. And it was, you know, it was a movie about the Noah's Ark. And I know they made a more recent one. I, I didn't see it. And I'm not saying good or bad. I just, I never saw it. But I remember in this movie as, as a small child seeing it and watching the people yelling and screaming and moaning as the rains came and they, they all drowned. I don't know anybody who can swim for 40 days and 40 nights. That's a long time to tread water. That's a long time to be on a, on a flotation device and to try to survive. But I promise you in this day and age when you build your ark God's going to send someone to save them. It is not our job to save anyone. It's only to introduce Jesus. And if they reject him, don't worry. God is going to send someone to save them. 
The question is, is do they belong on your ark? You have to start building your ark. And I'm not saying, oh, I'm a Christian now. I can't hang around you. You're not good enough. Because if we don't love people, if we don't love people, people won't love Jesus. If we don't love people, people won't love Jesus. Because who do they see Jesus in? They see it in us. But that still doesn't stop you from building your ark. As you begin to move forward in your calling, you know that people are either going to help you or they're going to hinder you. When you decide you want to take a step out, people are going to be there to either help you or hinder you. And that's when you have to decide where people belong in your life. And it's going to be in one of three areas. The first area is disassociation. And that's a hard word. Disassociation. So disassociation means basically you have to cut them off. Uh, it's, it's a hard pill to swallow, but some people in your life, you have to cut them off. You may confront them face to face and say, you know, I know we've known each other a long time. We've been friends. We've been hanging out. We've been doing this and doing that. But something between you and I is not right anymore. And I'm not saying it's, it's you. It might be me. But you and I are going in two different places. Sometimes you just don't answer phone calls anymore. However you handle it, but at some point, there are certain people in your life, you have to cut the cord and say, you know, adios. I'm out of here. That's all the Spanish I know, but adios. See you later. And you have to cut them off. Now, even though you cut them off, understand that it's still going to rain. It is still going to rain. And it's God's job to save them, not yours. It is God's job. Even though you disassociate yourself with them, God will send someone else their way and reintroduce himself to them. And they will have another opportunity to be saved. We can't say, oh, I'm, again, we can't, we can't throw up Jesus and say, well, I can't be around you because I'm saved. That can't be the only reason unless there is a conflict between what you're doing and what they're doing. Y'all follow me? There has to be a tactful way that you say, I can't do this anymore. But the thing is, we have to be careful because understand that there is a soul that is connected with the disassociation. There is a soul. We can say, I'm walking away from you, but there's a soul attached to that. If you're having trouble swimming and you think, I'm going to go out in this water and I'm going to save them too. If you already are struggle swimming, that person is going to pull you down. If you know that you are a weak swimmer, you have trouble holding on to the float. You can't pull them up too. So in this case, you have to disassociate yourself with some people. Amen? Secondly, limited association. Limited association. There are people in our lives that we can share a lot of general information with. Talk about, hey, the game. 
We could talk about things that go on at work, things that happen in the community. But when you have that limited association, then it's assumed, perhaps, it's assumed that certain things we talk about, you can repeat them because I haven't shared any private information with you. Hey, I'm looking for somebody to help cut my grass because when I get home in the evening, I'm tired. So you can go around and put out flyers for me. And help me to find somebody to cut my grass. You can help me to find somebody to work on my car. But you can't go around saying, hey, man, I heard you and your wife are having problems. Where did you get that from? Well, you know, uh, I kind of, you know, I kind of noticed, you know, and they start picking up on things. Those people are not the people that you have in your group for limited association. Be very careful about who you befriend Or who you make friends on Facebook. I remember there was a time. I remember there was a time. I could be driving down the interstate. At 50 miles an hour. 55 miles an hour. Whatever the speed limit was. And you would see people walking down the road. Because they broke down. And you would stop and you would pick them up. Where are you going? I'll take you there. You're driving down the street. And you see somebody standing there. And it's like let me pull over and give this person a ride. But we have to limit our association. And, and, and trust me, I still like to help people. I still want to stop and help people. But we have to limit how much we can do. You know, unless you know some, some you're Jackie Chan and you know some jujitsu and all this other stuff. If a person gets in your car and they attack you, what are you going to do? You don't know if they're carrying a weapon or anything like that. So we have to limit our association at some times. And even out on the, hi- on the highway, face it, people are distracted where they're driving. So you may even want to stop and help someone else. But then you've put your own self in danger. I'm sorry, I got to let VDOT handle this one. I got to let the state, pat- state police handle this. And we keep it moving. Make a phone call saying, hey, there's a car broke down. Oh, you've already heard about it? Good. Or you haven't heard about it. But know that there are people that we have to disassociate ourselves with. And other people, we have to limit the association. And then there are those who have the expanded association. And we talked about this on Thursday night. We talked about this. There are those people That you say, you know something, I love you. And there are things going on in my life that I'm troubled about. And I've had to separate myself some things that have have just pulled at my heart. and, And I'm not really sure where I'm going. But I see that the enemy is attacking me and he's coming against me. So I'm in the process of building my ark. Would you would you get on my ark with me? Because I know the rains are coming and I know it's going to flood and I've got to separate myself from the dangers and the cares of this world. Will you get on my ark with me? Because I've got some animals around me that I got to feed. Will you get on my boat with me? I've got a wife and three sons and their wives and we've all got to be able to get along. Will you get on the boat with me? Do you all understand what I'm saying? That we have to separate and some people are we need to have on the boat with us. Because 
Understand that it wasn't Noah who made the decision who gets on the boat. It was God. He had his son, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And God said, they will get on the boat with you, plus your wife and their wives. Will you get on my boat with me? Can, can anybody get on my boat with me? Anybody? <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> but understand that also, when you get on the boat, that there are specific instructions. Because if you think you're just going to get on my boat and sit there, no, that can't happen. Because we're locked on this boat. The Bible says, yeah, it rained for 40 days and 40 nights, but the waters didn't succeed for 150 days. So guess what? We're in this together. And I need you next to me. So what are we going to do about this? We got all these animals. They all got to get fed. There's, there's work to be done if you're on my boat. There's work to be done when you're on my boat. And I'm not talking about open altar worship center. I'm saying in my personal life, I need, I need work to be done. Amen, Brother Tyler? I need work. I need work. So if you're on the boat with me, this isn't a cruise. This is not a cruise. This is, about, this is about surviving. This is about surviving. If you're on the boat with me, it's not a cruise. So I'm, I'm extending. I'm exp- I'm extending, excuse me, I'm extending to you the right hand and saying, please, get on this with me. Because I need my strength, but I also need, I need your strength. I need your strength. But all too often, when, when I talk about the, the disassociation, the limited association, and the expanded association, we can struggle with this. Because this particular chapter in this book, really tugged at me really hard. Because when I think about the people that are around me, the people that I need to support me, and I believe with all my heart that the people here in this room and the people watching on Facebook, they've got my back. So I need to make some decisions, and I need to do it with strength. I need strength to make these decisions. So what happens when I get weak? What happens when I get tired and I say, I can't do it? Brother Tyler, can you roll them chairs over here for me? Now, y'all see Brother Tyler is rolling them chairs. How is he able to roll those chairs? Keep rolling. What is he using? He's using his strength. He's rolling them chairs around. Now, how hard do you think it is really for him to push them chairs around? Keep rolling. I didn't tell you to stop. How hard is it for him to roll those chairs? Not very hard. Not very hard. There's, a, there's a certain amount of resistance because of the weight, the carpet, the size of the wheels. And he's just rolling them chairs around. He's getting a little tired, but he knows he's got to get it done. All right, you can stop rolling. Now, roll them chairs back over here. Now, how many chairs are there? About four chairs. How many of them chairs do you think you can pick up? Can you pick up all four of them chairs? How many of y'all think you can pick up all four chairs? Okay, pick up all four chairs. He can pick up, he can pick up all four chairs. Now, walk around with them chairs. <laughs> now, is he able to, is he able to, to move the chairs? 
Was it easier with the rollers or was it easier for him to carry them? It was so easier with the rollers. It was a whole lot easier with the roller. But, but he's good. All right, you can, you can put him down. You can, you can put him down. Now, by show of hands, how many of you can, can roll these chairs around? How many of you can roll the chairs around? All right. By show of hands, how many of you can carry all four of those chairs around? You can carry all four of them as many times as he did? All right. I know you shouldn't be betting in church, but. <laughs> and I believe her. I believe her. Honestly, I believe her. So show me by way of hands, how many of you think you can carry those four chairs? How many of you? I know I can carry them a little. I need to see your hands. I, don't, I see. Okay, I see four. All right, I see four or five hands. All right. Can you hand me those, those boards over there? Thank you, sir. Now, it may not be those heavy chairs. But I have to think about my strength. I have to think about what God has called me to do. And I look at the things that people in the Bible went through. And it's like, I can't do that, God. And God's like, and we were talking about that this morning. Yeah, of course you can't do it. You never could do it and you never will be able to do it. But when you rely on me, you can do it. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I can face every situation through Christ which strengthens me. And oftentimes, as I was saying in the beginning, when it comes to our strength, many people are going to fall away because they're trying to do things out of their own strength. I remember a young man, he got saved, and all he did was spend the whole day not working, but trying to witness to people on the job. People got so turned away and got turned off with God, and eventually, he stopped going to church himself. He was trying to do everything at the very beginning. It's like, man, you got to slow down and you got to mature. So what's God saying? We want to grow up real fast. And we want to say, Lord, I can do this. I can do this. And the Lord's saying, pick that board up. And like, Lord, I, I want to start with the chair. And the Lord's saying, no, pick the board up. So by faith, you begin to pray. And you're like, wow, I'm, I'm lifting it up. Can you see? I know it's, maybe y'all can. Can y'all see what's holding this board up? Is it really, can you really see it? It's kind of hard to see. But see, it's not what you can see, but you have to realize what it really is. I can't, I can't see how I'm picking this board up, but is the board off the ground? The problem is, and we have to be careful, we have to walk by faith and not by sight. I can't, I really can't see this. I really don't know if you weigh how much this board weighs, which is probably, let's say, two pounds, versus the weight of this string, it shouldn't be holding it up. So we're like, Lord, I can do this. I can do this. I'm happy. I'm lifting the board. See, you went back to thinking you could do it. You have to realize it's not your strength. We have to realize I can't pick up all four of these chairs. 
and carry them around like Brother Tahu. And I may, I may struggle with pushing them because there may be a lump or a crack in the ground or anything like that. But when God's saying, look, I'm telling you, you can pick up the board. You can pick up the board. Take your time. Concentrate. Focus. Lift it up. Don't jerk. Don't move too fast. And Moses, I mean, excuse me, and Noah did everything just as God commanded. Noah did everything just as God commanded. He didn't deviate. And I certainly believe with all my heart that Noah wasn't sitting there with his iPad taking down notes. He wasn't sitting there with a microphone and a recorder listening to everything that God had to say. God didn't tell him everything all at once. He gave him bits and pieces. Well, Lord, what's next? Just wait. Just keep building your ark. Just keep building your ark, and I'll tell you. Well, Lord, how many, how many animals? How many animals were on the ark? A lot. Oh, say what? Two of each kind. Survey says? Huh? <laughs> Two of every kind except for on some. The Bible says in Genesis 7 and 2, take with you seven pairs of every kind of clean animal because he took additional animals that were specifically designed for sacrifice. So we, keep, we say there was two of every kind, but on certain species of birds and other animals, he said, I need you to take extra because those will be your sacrifice. So we've got to make room on our ark for everything and everybody. And I'm telling you, there are going to be people in your life when it comes to your strength. This is how you have to know who you are in Christ, that everybody can't get on your ark. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Short and sweet, y'all. Short and sweet on today. Yes. All right, we're going to break the mold on today. Yes, mother. There were some clean and some unclean. For example, if he had two, two of these particular birds, there were other birds these two would be fruitful and multiply, but these others were intended just for sacrifice. Does that answer your question? All right, all right. Thank you, Mother. Good question. And the Bible says in, in Genesis 8 and 20, Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, and taking some of his clean animals and birds, he sacrificed burnt offerings on that altar. So he had to, he had to have that extra. So, are you ready to build your ark? Have you started building your ark? Do the people in your life know where they stand with you? Are people calling you and asking you, what are you doing Sunday morning? And it was, it was so funny, Pastor Wendy and I were going to this church for a while and the pastor would be up in the in the pulpit preaching on Sunday morning and his phone would ring. <laughs> and I'm like, 
Don't people know where you are on Sunday morning? Why are they calling you on Sunday morning while you're in church? Some people you have to dis because they don't understand. Don't you understand where I am on Sunday morning? I'm not at Waffle House. I'm not at IHOP. I'm in the house of God. I'm in the house of God. So certain people, you have to put them in certain categories. Well, I'm, I'm moving you over to, you are in the expanded association. I'm going to move you back one notch to limited association. Why are you talking about me behind my back? Man, I don't, I don't talk about you. <laughs> yeah, trust me. You say women talk, men talk too. And I don't mind, I mean, really, I don't care. But just understand, I'm limiting how much I talk to you from now on. Just, just understand. Or you may have to cut them off. But we, we have to understand this principle. You have to understand this principle. That letting someone go does not condemn them to hell. Getting people out of your life does not condemn them to hell. Because you couldn't, even if they were your best friend, you couldn't put them in heaven. You couldn't put them in heaven. You can't say, oh, I got to buy one, get one free. I'm going to sacrifice. I'm going on a fast this week. But don't worry about it. You do whatever you want to do. I'm fasting and praying for you too. No, they've got to do it for themselves. So if you cut people off from your life, you have not condemned them to hell. You're saying, I've got to walk this walk. And if you're not walking with me, then, then you've got to move over. You've got to move over. I want to I read this, this last passage and then I'll be done. Also from Hebrews chapter 11. It says, and what more shall I say? This whole book, this whole chapter talks about faith. It says, and what more shall I say? Do, do, I, not, um, do I not have time? Excuse me, I do not have time to tell you about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets. Who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised. Have you gained what God has promised to you? Have you gained what God has promised you? Who shut the mouths of lions. And guess what? There are people who are out there roaring and biting and snapping at you. They are trying to devour you. And through the word of God and through the power of God, you can shut the mouths of these lions. Because they want to devour you. As the Bible says, the enemy walks around as a roaring lion, as a roaring lion, seeking who, who he may devour. God has given you the power to shut the mouths of the lions who are trying to take away your strength. They quench the fury flames. The fury of the flames. Edgewood, New Jersey, April 10th. Little girls in the dance studio. The building somehow caught fire. Those little girls didn't get scared. Well, I'm sure they were scared. But they maintained their composure. And they were able to get out of that fire. Not a single casualty. Now, our fight is a, is a little different. But if a little child knows how to get out of a burning building. 
And we want to stay there and get burned up. And escape the edge of the sword whose weakness was turned to strength. Their weakness because they believe. And the Bible says that without faith it's impossible to please God. Because when we come to God, when we say yes, Lord, we must realize that he is God. He exists. He is powerful. He is all-knowing. And able to do exceeding abundantly above all we could ever ask or think. That when we do this, he is able to turn our weakness into our strength. And who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Where is your strength? Where is your strength on the day? It may not, it may not, you, you may not be able to lift the chairs. And that's okay. You're like, well, I want to be, I want to be the man that breaks the board. But no, don't try to break the board. Work on just, just lifting the board. And if the string breaks, oh well. Try it again. Amen. Hallelujah. How many of you want to be transformed on the day? That's what we're talking about. We're talking about being transformed. And it's not going to happen overnight. It is absolutely not going to happen overnight. If it happens overnight, it's because we're doing it out of our own strength and not God's. Your will, Lord, not mine be done. People have given testimonies and said, you know, man, I used to, man, I used to smoke crack cocaine. I gave my life to Jesus and I quit overnight. But then other people, they struggle for years and maybe years at a time. But as a testimony to God, they can go to people saying, man, God is working on me. God is working on me. I, I, man, I, I lie to people all the time. I get anything I want to. But I'm asking God to help me. 